Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. Well, it's a beautiful Texas morning, and and uh, make no mistake, by this afternoon, it'll be blistering hot <laughs> and probably humid and miserable. You know, it's one of those times of the year that, that I look forward to getting out of town uh, to someplace cooler with less humidity. But also make no mistake, I love um, being in Texas. It was a place that I was born, and um, and Jane and I have been back here for 33 years. Hey, let me mention a couple of things to you. Um, one, we're putting together my upcoming schedule. Um, we have a number of VIP uh, fundraising events. We do conferences here at Heartlight, Family and Crisis Conferences. But I also speak around the country and usually spend about 200 nights a year on the road in a normal year and um, and speak. So if you want me to come and speak at your church or your to your community or a uh, a fundraiser or those kind of things. Um, I do that now. I don't benefit from that personally. All that, uh, all those funds that we charge for me to come speak go to the Heartlight Foundation, which merely um, provides more opportunity for us to produce more resources for families, and and uh, we continue to roll out uh, more and more stuff all the time. So, uh, what you'd have to do is get a hold of our office. That's 903-668-2173. Talk to Joe, and she can arrange uh, for me to come do that and get you a packet of information. The second thing I want to mention to you is our family crisis coaching. If you're stuck in a in a tough spot, you can't come to a family in crisis conference, but you just need help kind of getting through the crisis. Um, we do this thing where um, I think we charge three or four hundred dollars for a number of sessions with one of our counselors here that has been trained and is pretty effective in in handling crisis situations. And they just help talk people through and help them uh, get some uh, get to a better place and and uh, give them some good discussions. So take advantage of that, and you can find that uh, out about that uh, at our website at parentingtodaysteens.org. Hey, the the questions that you are asking are are still those that that uh, they don't cause me to scratch my head, but it does get me up at five o'clock in the morning uh, writing responses back. And and uh, and I've enjoyed doing that because I, I end up reading everything and then I sleep on it all night and come up with the answers that hopefully will steer you in the right direction. Here's the questions we're going to be answering today. It's I have a 17-year-old son who turns 18 in December, and we had a pretty good relationship until about a year ago. He thinks when I get involved um, and offer advice that I make him upset and the whole conversation turns into a lecture. Um, Another question is this. My teen has put a GPS blocker on his phone so we wouldn't know where he is. So we installed Life360, a GPS app, to make sure that he's gotten to where he's supposed to be. How do we handle the situation? Um, another lady asked a question, how do I introduce godly sexuality to my 11-year-old daughter? Well, 
God bless you. I hope you have fun doing that because it's not something that that I would ever want to do, uh, but I can hopefully give you some direction there. Uh, the other question is, what if your 17-year-old does not accept uh, help or support from anyone? Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, another question is this, is parenting done at 18? So you can see we're talking about a lot of older kids here. And at what point do you step in and a parent if you see your child is headed down the wrong path? Great question. And another one, uh, somebody said, I have a teenager that goes to a STEM school. I thought that had something to do with plants or something, but STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, A school that I would probably hate and never be seen at uh, because that is not my forte. And and, uh, But anyway, says I have a teenager that goes to a STEM school and... um, you know, she just likes to sit around and watch dramas and sitcoms on her phone. I hate to see her wasting her time, and uh, she's not motivated to do the SAT, and she's not disciplined, and sounds like a pretty typical young lady to me, but uh, I'll give you some direction on that as well. So here's the first Here's the first question. I have a 17-year-old who son who turns 18 in December. We had a good relationship. He thinks I when I, I get him upset, um, I don't mean to turn things into a lecture, but he feels that, but he goes to other people now um, to uh, have discussions. Okay, um, I'm not so sure that I can tell you um, how to change a 17, 18-year-old. I mean, the, the train has left the station. That kid is is probably moving toward um, wanting to become more and more independent. And um, But I can tell you this. Um, Guys hate lectures for mothers. Uh, they hate it. It works well during the first twelve years of uh, of their uh, of their life, but then when you start getting to thirteen, fourteen, and move on up, uh, you've got to move to discussions. And I think what's interesting here is that it's evident that your son is going to other people to discuss the same things because he wants to have a discussion. And here's the other part, just where you understand this about um, young men and older men, um, and I know this goes at least up to age 66, which is my age, is that guys like to process out loud. And sometimes they they don't need to get a lecture. What they need is just to process out loud. It's kind of like when my wife told me a few weeks ago, she goes, I just want you to listen I don't want you to fix it. Well, that's the tendency that guys have is to fix everything and not listen. Well, moms have a tendency sometimes to speak to their sons and uh, what they want. I, I want to process. I don't want to lecture. And so my encouragement is to to move to a discussion where you can have discussions with you. And I think, I think the second part of that is um, guys don't like being corrected <laughs> and and if and if you're a married woman, you know that um, men don't like to be told they're wrong. Am I right? Of course I'm right. I'm joking, but but there is something about that. And and I think what happens when a 17 year old kid uh, moves uh, in the direction of wanting to become independent, wanting to think for himself, he wants to be older. He wants to be a man. Um, it's hard for him to accept. Uh, a lot of input from people because there really is that strong desire to stand on his own. And that's a good thing because what it means is that you've done a great job of creating an independent young man that wants to step out on his own. Now, here's the other thing, mom. Let Let me share this with you. 
And I think it's really important that not every teachable moment needs to have a lesson behind it. Um, sometimes you just got to let things go and let kids come to that conclusion on their own. And in your heart um, is to keep having input and keep having input, but it, it, it switches. Now what you want to do is create the arena where your child is moving toward you, asking you for answers and your wisdom, not you always pushing the next lecture, the next lesson to be learned, the next correction to be heard on how they can do better. As 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 well-intended as that is, it may be pushing your child away. Um, and at this point, let consequences be his guide. You know, if he says something wrong or does something wrong, let him learn. I mean, there's... You know, and then and then when he's uh, feeling that's those consequences, that's when he'll come to you and ask for your wisdom as to how to get out of them. Good luck. Uh, you know, it sounds like you have a pretty normal um, seventeen uh, year old son, and it sounds like you're pretty normal too, mom. Um, and I know you've done a wonderful job. Another lady said, "Hey, we put a, a blocker, a GPS. My son put a GPS blocker on his phone, so we wouldn't know where he where he was." You know, I don't, I don't know how old this young man is. If he's, if he's twelve to fifteen, I think that GPS is pretty good. And I, and I would look at him and say this: Hey, hey, uh, from ages twelve to fifteen, I'm going to review your history. I'm going to watch your text. I'm going to listen to everything. When I ask for the phone, I want to be able to review the phone. I want to look at your contacts. I want to look at your apps. I, I want to look at everything. But age sixteen, you're on your own. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm not going to do it. And what that does is is usher in a sense of hope. I think a lot of kids feel like they just get their privacy violated, and um, and I think kids need privacy. They they need to know that there's a place that they can go. Now, early on, yes, you you inspect everything. People do what you inspect, not what you expect. Um, and so it's 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 inspecting that with the idea that you're training him to. Um, to be able to handle things on his own. Now, I mean, if this kid's 12 to 15 years old, I'd tell him this. If we don't have a GPS on your phone, then you don't have a phone. And uh, and just say that's it. And once that's understood, there's no blocker. And if you block it, the phone's gone. We'll turn off the service. And, you know, get him a good phone. Get him a great phone. Get him a, get him a phone that costs a lot. <laughs> that has... You know that 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 there's just no possible way for him to pull money out of his account or to go make the money to pay for it. Let him see this as a gift uh, that you on the phone, but you're going to allow him to use it. But there are circumstances, and so in this same question, somebody said, "Well, hey, we we took his phone, and then we wanted him to sign a phone contract." <sighs> I understand the the need for contracts. Um, we do that so that we make sure that we're everybody's communicating. And so I would make it simple and say, no GPS, no phone. Understood? No blocker. And and what I just gave you uh, were seven words that line out that contract that he can remember, whether he's ADHD, has a short memory, uh, doesn't want to listen to you. I mean, it it spells it out quickly. But at age 16, I'm not going to spend the time doing all this. Hey, here's another question. How do I introduce godly sexuality to my 11-year-old daughter? Um, thank goodness I did not have to, to express anything or, or talk to, have that talk with my daughter. 
Um, she's now 40 some years old and I even cringe at the thought of having to do that because it's just uncomfortable. And so now I have granddaughters that, that are 15 and 20 and, and I'm thankful that I never had to do that. But you know what? My daughter did a wonderful job, uh, of talking to her. And there were a couple of books, uh, that are out there that explain things a little bit. And I, you know, I, I guess what you do is you put a bag over your head and, and walk upstairs and slip one of those books under your child's door <laughs> and let them read it and come to realization on their own and then and then let them walk down the next morning. They're a completely different person, scared to death of the opposite sex. Um, and I say that jokingly. I, I tell you, I would make sure you go into it lighthearted. Um uh, you know, when, when, when I was taught about sex in seventh grade, uh, by a coach, by a coach, uh, he was so serious, like that, like this was some, some scientific experiment or something. And, uh, I, I would have, I already knew what he was talking about. You know, um, uh, my dad came into me and said, son, I'd like to talk to you about sex. And I go, sure, dad, what do you need to know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I just always have have taken a lighthearted approach to talking about tougher subjects because it makes it easier on the person that's listening. You can always throw a bigger brick uh, if it's wrapped in humor. And so there's books out there, Mom. Um, and um, I, I will be praying for you the rest of the day as you have that discussion with your daughter. And I'll be thanking God that I'm not the one that has to have it. <laughs> Hey, what if your 17-year-old doesn't accept uh, help or support from anyone? You know, how do you come alongside them? And, and uh, you know, how, when do you intervene when they get lost and, and start struggling a bit? Those are questions that, that, that parents have to uh, ask themselves and come up with the answers. I mean, you, your child is wanting independence. Sure they are. I mean, they know they're going off to school. They want to be able to function on their own. I, most of them are scared to death because they've never been on their own. They want control of their life, and so they, they want to know how to make good decisions. They want to be responsible, and quite honestly, I think most kids want to be mature. Uh, the problem is they don't accept responsibility where maturity is the byproduct, and so they never get there until they're out on their own, that mom and dad quit rescuing them. Scripture says you rescue a, an angry man once, you're just going to have to rescue him again. And until they can stop being rescued and let consequences kind of open their ears a little bit, they don't need any help because they feel confident and they feel like they can make those decisions. And so I'm going, let them. Because when they start making decisions and, and, um, and make some bad ones and not so good ones, then there'll be consequences, and that will drive them to you because nobody wants to go through pain. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, pain is God's megaphone to a deaf world. Pain, consequences, will wake your child up to what's going on in the world. And so, um, you know, you've got you've to figure out, okay, what role are you going to play? Now, when they start moving down uh, a path that's not good, you have to ask yourself the question, am I going to continue to support this? And I, I know families that say, hey, it, as long as you're smoking pot, as long as you're drinking, whatever, I'm, I'm not going to support you. Um, then I know other families that say, uh, I'm going to get you through college. Then you're on your own. And whether you drink or whatever during college, I don't care. That's your, that's your business. Now, I'm not suggesting either one. 
But what I am saying is you've got to make a decision, mom and dad, uh, what you're going to support. Because sometimes provision quickly moves to enabling a child to continue down the wrong path. You, know, you take things away and then they wake up. It's kind of like this. You give them all the money for college and they don't have to work, then they don't learn about the value of the dollar. But they also don't realize that that the time that they're spending in class is costing somebody something. And when they're paying for it, they'll pay better attention uh, to take advantage of what they're paying for as, a, as opposed to what they're being given. Just a few words to the wise. Hey, uh, somebody else asked the question, is parenting done at age 18? And you notice a lot of the comments here are about uh, older kids. Um, you know, I don't think parenting is ever finished. Um, I still parent my own kids and, and uh, we have a great relationship and, and uh, but it's not done. It's just different. And, uh, you know, if they're headed down the wrong path, then I want to be there. I want to, I want to be able to speak truth um, into their life and and be there as they, uh, when they're lost. Um, my son got lost. Um, and uh, I made the the mistake of, of telling him that when he found himself, he can call me. And so we went months without talking during a time that he needed me the most. And and I, I sat there and I thought in my lesson that I learned, I thought, why did I do that? And I thought it was the right thing, but it really wasn't. Um, my child needs me when he's on the right path, but he also needs me even more when when he's on the wrong path. And and so that's where I would tell you that you continue to parent. It just looks different, and you love a child through that. You know, and, and you've got to ask that question of yourself. How am I going to continue to support my child when they're doing things that I don't agree with? That's a, that's a tough one, uh, but it forces you to develop your beliefs and kind of whittle those down so they can be communicated to your child saying, hey, I'll help you in this, but I won't help you do this other stuff. You know, I, I would tell you to do this. Be there, affirm the relationship, but you don't have to participate in some of the stuff. You know, there's a scripture that says, discipline your son while there's yet hope and don't participate in his death. And discipline this, it's not, it's not like a little kid punishment. Discipline is helping a child get to where they want to go and keeping them from where they don't want to end up. So my encouragement is, yes, discipline them. Continue to help them. I, I still help my kids get to where they want to go and keeping them from where they don't want to end up. But it looks a little bit different now that they're older. Keep the relationship. The relationship is important. And here's the last question. Somebody says, I have a teenager who goes to a STEM school, science, technology, engineering, and math, um, and she didn't perform well on the GPA. She does not motivate for the SAT. Um, you know, I'm in fear. Um, I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing. And I've kind of gone all hands off, no reminders or anything else. Well, I regret this. You know what? I, I tell people this all the time. I didn't even graduate in the top 85% of my high school class. And I was in a high school class of, of 800 and some people. I was in the bottom 15%. Now, Jane and I dated all through high school. She was up there in the top five, I think, and and did really well. But um, And then I went off to college and I, and I flunked out my first semester. And then when it got serious, a, a lady sat across from me. Matter of fact, it was at the University of Tulsa and her name was Zymina Colesrud. I just remember staring at the, her name plate on the desk because 
that's all I could look at because I was so embarrassed that I didn't have a grade point after a semester at school at Oklahoma State University. And she said, Mark, if you want to get in school here, bring me a four point. Okay, that's when things got serious. And that's when things turned around. And my point of it is that, you know, I, I think a child's got to realize the importance for them assuming responsibility for their own academics. And when they do that, then you begin to realize it's their deal. It's not your deal. And it's their responsibility and it's not yours. And it's for their benefit, not yours. When somebody says, I get angry and it hurts me to see her waste her time, I go, Mom, Dad, this isn't about you. This is about them. Why is it hurting you? Why do you get angry over that? I mean, anger is an emotional response to not getting what you want. So why are you not? What, when did their schooling become about you? And so it, it's it's helping them. And I and I would say, you know, at, at this point, I mean, this this past year of COVID, no classes and Zoom calls and everything has been difficult for everybody. I mean, teachers, God bless them, the most admirable profession in the world has had the, the toughest time um, this past year. And kids have had a, a tough time as well trying to learn and becoming so demotivated. All they do is sit around and watch movies and play video games because they're bored out of their mind. And so there's a part of it where I understand what's going on. Your child will kick in eventually if she's there. Once she gets back around other people and starts engaging more and gets into the normalcy of life again, I'm sure that she'll pick it up. So back up a little bit. Let her take it. Let her run with it. Be patient. But I would say this. I'll help you. But all of this is up to you. I'll help. But it's up to you. Hey, you know what? Um... It's always fun answering questions, and, and it gets me up in the morning, keeps me thinking all night where I don't sleep, and and um, I hope these uh, answers have been beneficial to you, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again soon, uh, answering more of your questions. God bless. Take care. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.